Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast at the Rectory. I'm Ian. I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. We are three friends who at some point or another all lived in a tiny blue house in Cincinnati that we have affectionately named the Rectory. And together, we have filled it with... Memories. Long hours of PhD work. Parties. And a saggy three-legged couch we just can't seem to part with. I like that. Musical sting. Well, Lorley, can you introduce yourself and also talk about what number you are on the Enneagram? Sure. <laughs> I'm Lorley Gady. I uh, I am from Colorado, and I moved to Cincinnati about two years ago. Um, I work at a church called Grace Lutheran Church, um, and I'm the director of, of uh, Christian. Wow, I totally forgot my title. <laughs> of Christian education, um, and pretty much what that means is I work with. Uh, kids, um, and I also kind of do whatever they need me to do around here, which is a lot of technological things right now during the COVID experience, as they say. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I used to be a baby model when I was a baby. So, no, yeah, it's pretty Real cool. Facts. So, yeah, I used to be in commercials and magazines, and you know, just I like to flex. Well, I am a four, um, very solid. Four, and uh, my wing is probably a four wing three. Four is known as the individualist or the romantic, um, and their deadly sin is jealousy or envy. Um, and I definitely, <laughs> definitely agree with that. Um, some of the characteristics of a four, um, they are they can be creative, they can be withdrawn, sometimes they can be moody. Uh, they're pretty emotional people, um, and Sometimes, you know, with the jealousy thing, they uh, tend to compare um, themselves with other people. Um, but a good thing about, some of the good things about the four is that they're not afraid of going into those dark emotions. Um, and I've heard it, one four explain it to me. We're not afraid to do that in order to see the light. It's not that we're just obsessed with dark things, um, but we think that because we value honesty and we value um, being authentic, that we're like, well, you know, we all experience pain, we all experience dark emotions, why don't we just go through them um, to get to the other side? And so I think, as a four, I, I think that's definitely one of my strengths of, of going there with people um, mm -hmm. and being like, yeah, you feel that way, let's feel that together and, and then we can see the, the lighter side of things. So. Yeah, that's just kind of like a little snapshot. This there. makes a lot of sense, Laura Lee, for um, the profession that you've chosen. Mm -hmm. You know, you're working with young people, you're doing education, and you're doing religious education. So mm -hmm. authenticity and avoiding deceit, like that makes a lot of sense for why, and the kind of, the what it takes to work with people in this age group. I mean, I, when we think of like youth ministers, right, we think of sort of that romantic type, right? Uh, yeah. Which is probably a stereotype, but uh, <laughs> stereotype for a reason. So yeah, and you know, I also think I've heard that um, not only with the, like the authenticity and the honesty mm -hmm. part, but that fours really care, and everybody. I'm not just saying this mm -hmm. number, but they really value um, things that have meaning. So like, mm. you know, that's why they choose jobs that are something they believe in. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be something with religion, but it could mean anything. Oh, sure. 
are super passionate about, and they think that that holds a lot of meaning and weight. So yeah. And you are also spearheading this huge project for your church about the Enneagram. Uh, what has that been like? And maybe before we talk about that, how did you learn about the Enneagram and how did you get excited about it enough to do this huge project? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good question. So um, I, okay, I'm trying to think how to say this. I, I like personality tests. I'm not, like, obsessed with I'm not, like, taking every single one every day. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what am I? Um, <laughs> but I enjoy them. Um, and I, I heard about the Enneagram kind of throughout college um, along with, like, the Myers-Briggs and, you know, the, the five love languages and those kind of tests. So I was like, okay, this is cool. But I didn't really get into it, actually, until I went to the Edge House. Then someone handed me the book, The Road Back to You, Um and they're like, hey, check this out, take the test. And I didn't, I was like, okay, I'll take the test. Oh, I'm a four, don't know what that means. And then I read the book, and it, like, hit me in the heart, in the core of who I am. And it was just like, whoa, how do people know that this, I did not know that other people knew me and knew about me. So that was just, it, I think it really just hit me hard. And then, yeah, and so then I, I realized I wanted to, to bring it to my church uh, because I think it's a good tool that that can um, that can help people in in different ways. Because I think as a selfish college student, I just kind of thought everybody thought the same way that I did, and everybody was motivated <laughs> by the same things. And I was like, everybody's jealous. Like that's why they're doing, uh -huh. but they could be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, but have completely different motivations than I do. So I think it's it's a good education on just humanity. And it should bring up a sense of compassion or empathy with those people of like, oh, you want to be loved, you want to be seen, you want to be valued. Instead of, I think, we can use the Enneagram and other types or other personality um, kind of trait tests to be like, oh, you're being such a blah, blah, blah. You're such an <laughs> ISTJ. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like we can get snarky like that and instead to be like, wow. This is how you see the world. These are some of the sticky things. These are some of my like kind of dark, shadowy mm -hmm. things. Let's have compassion for each other, and it just makes helps decipher the mystery a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually um, with my project, I've interviewed two couples, um, and it's kind of interesting the way that they talk about their relationship and how the enneagram has helped them to you know help with those things and, and know the other side and, and to relate better. So yeah, it definitely is. It's not just to know about yourself, but to really help your relationships with other people. Did you have uh, did you have any pushback when you immediate like if you broached this topic where people like, hmm, I don't know about that or uh, just like maybe tired of being typed or tired of having like another trend or another fad? Like was there any resistance? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, huge. There weren't people knocking down my door or, you know, throwing things <laughs> or something. Um, but there was, I, I think the only, quote-unquote, like, pushback was just that people didn't know what it was or mm -hmm. not really want to be a part of it because they're like, oh, you know, I don't really want to. And, and my church is mostly um, older people, and there were, you know, there were a few that actually were interested and, and wanted to learn more and that kind of thing. Um, but I get the sense now that I'm kind of going through the process 
is that it's it's kind of a generational thing because mm. a lot of the people that I have gotten that are like super hyped or 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 talk a long time are people that are like in their twenties and thirties, um, mm. and the people that are older that have been part of it are just kind of you know one interview. Normally my interviews take about like an hour to like an hour and a half or so, and one mm. <laughs> interview I did took twenty three minutes. You know, so it's just interesting the different perspectives of of self almost in different mm -hmm. generations in that way. Do yeah. you, yeah. I'm curious if you think that um, the difference across generations maybe has to do with like how developed and comfortable people are with themselves. Because like mm -hmm. a lot of the people at Grace, I went to Grace for a few years in college, mm -hmm. listeners at home, so I know a lot of the people that Laura Lee now works with. And I feel like, you know, they, like, know who they are as people because they're, I mean, they're literally, like, in their, like, 70s and 80s and they've lived their whole lives, you know what I mean? So I wonder if maybe that's why they have shorter interviews or maybe aren't as interested, whereas, like, people in their 20s and 30s are still in that, like, I'm figuring out my life phase. Yeah. So, I don't know. There definitely was someone that did say that. They're like, oh, yeah, I kind of feel like I know myself, so I don't really know how much, you know, how much I can give you. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that probably is a little bit of it. But I also think um, when I've been talking to some of them, they almost, whenever I ask them, like, a direct question about themselves, they mm -hmm. say, like, a little bit, but then they kind of go into talking about others or, like, I think that probably just has to do with how they've lived their lives. You know, they're they're not yeah. looking for them, which is you know a good, a pretty good thing. You know, thinking about others and things. And and with our generation, we are very much more into social media and kind mm -hmm. of being celebrities in our own world. And we're always thinking more about ourselves. So I don't know. I think it's it it might just be where they are in life, or it just might be with how they've lived their whole lives. Sometimes personality tests, like, can be kind of cut and dried and, like, take this test, find out what you are. And I think the Enneagram can be intimidating because it is a journey and it is kind of you learn your number maybe and then you're kind of learning the complexities of your number. Um, mm -hmm. And that oftentimes what's been most helpful for me is hearing people share their experience of being their number. And so I think your method is so accessible for people who might be a little bit shyer or not sure what's going on or not sure what the Enneagram mm -hmm. is. Um, so it might just be like, it's just really human of you to have, you know, 45 people talking and sharing uh, what's what's going on with them. Um, and it might breathe some life into something that can feel, sometimes when I read Enneagram books, I don't super love them because <laughs> um, mm -hmm. they just can feel, I don't, not necessarily clinical, but you can just feel dry because there's so much information. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that's a list of things. And I like, some of them are mine, but some of them aren't. Um, and so having a variety of people, because no two twos are necessarily exactly alike. Mm -hmm. Like no two fives are exactly alike. Mm -hmm. So they're able to maybe see variety and different colors and different um, kind of ways of being in the world that they can be like, oh, maybe that's more me. Um, so I just think your your whole project is a is a really good thing and good timing and 
I think will yeah, really yeah. serve not only the people of your church, but also maybe, you know, the wider YouTube public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, and I think, you know, I I knew myself to, to not just focus on one episode solely and then get tired of it, you know, episode by episode, but kind of do one step at a time for all of them. So, like, doing the interviews first and everything. Um, and I think that is kind of why I'm basing a lot of it on the interviews. I thought it was just going to be part of it, but I think it's mostly going to be focusing on it because, like what you said, that seeing the different types and seeing, you know, real stories and real people, and some of them don't agree with some of the things about the Enneagram, and that's fine. You know, that's it's okay mm-hmm. if you do that. And, and some of them are like, holy cow, yeah, that is me. You know, so it's it's fun to see different different sides and different people and and how different people have responded to it. Because I, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate that. It's exciting. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it will do some good. You know, even if my mom just listens to it, hopefully there's some good change that um, happens because of it. So, yeah, thanks. Um, and I think, you know, the, the message I kind of want to uh, tell people with this project that I'm doing is it can help in the things that, that God tells us to do, like loving others. Um, and knowing that learning more about yourself can help you know the gifts that you have, but also your flaws, and that we need a Savior. And so if we kind of look at it in that Christian perspective, I think it can be a really awesome tool. And I was going to have the title be You Are Loved, but I'm actually changing it to um, You're Not Alone. Because oh, that's good. So I, I was like, you know what? That's kind of a really good overarching theme just because, you know, in the midst of COVID, it's good to know that not only are there people that are like you out there, but there are also people that aren't like you but also struggle with things. you have examples of where, like, maybe in conflict resolution or, like, without naming names or being too specific, um, <laughs> yeah. but if things cropped up where you're, like, able to use the Enneagram to, like, kind of help understand what's going on. So, like, with my conflicts with myself or conflicts with other people? Ooh, let's do conflicts with other people first. Okay, conflicts with other people. And if it's someone that I know that I have a problem with or I want to talk to, I will I will talk to them. You know, I, I if, especially, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, especially if it's someone that's close closer to me, I definitely would. So, and I think <laughs> the unhealthy side of, of that when I was in college was whatever I was feeling, I would just kind of go with it. And I would just be authentic. Like, I think that I would be authentic, and I was in the moment, but it, I wasn't thinking about all the repercussions or what is the other person's <laughs> feelings um, when I was um, in an unhealthy state. And I think the, the Enneagram has helped me understand that my emotions are okay, and it's okay to have emotions, um, but you need to kind of keep them in check. <laughs> and also to, you can put them in different areas. So like, um, I'm, I'm a, I like art, and I also really like music, and I think those, channeling those things have really helped me kind of deal with my emotions more than I would have thought before. And just trying to be healthy <laughs> has also helped. Um, and I've really, I have this one friend that we communicate very differently. She's actually a nine. Um, and 
a lot of times <laughs> I have to bring things up with her. She, you know, shuts down or doesn't want to talk about it and things. So we, re I really have to be careful of like how I bring things up, um, and I'm not like attacking her because some some of the things that I say may seem like I'm attacking her, but it's I'm not. I'm just being authentic. You know, I'm I'm just saying what I think, and it's not like it's the end of the world. Thank you so much for sharing that, Emily. You're did you have a thought? No, I just love that <laughs> because I, I don't know. Because I also, I don't understand why people get so emotional when you're just speaking the truth, you know? It's like, I don't know, it is what it is. Like, there's no need to go cry about it. So you're saying when you're being emotional or when other people are being emotional to yeah, you? Yeah, like when other people are being emotional. Oh, like okay. how you were okay. talking about, like, mm -hmm. you need to kind of, like, watch what you say and, like, yes, be honest and truthful, but kind of tailor how you're saying it to your audience. Yep. I'm just like... Screw it. Just like say the, you know. I mean, oh, okay. it's worth the <laughs> oh, thing. like just say it that way. It's another person. Yeah. It's their problem that they have an emotional reaction. Like I don't care that much about other people's <laughs> emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fair. No, that's fair. I care more I about learning stuff, <laughs> learning about stuff than learning about people. You said something about how you are able to channel some of your stuff that might be not as productive um, by, like, doing art or music. I guess I'm opening it up to, like, Emily and Katie. Like, what do you guys do to, like, work through some of those emotions or find a healthy, like, what are some hobbies that you do when you're kind of worked up? I think cleaning is something that I do that helps me feel maybe in control. Or, you know, if I'm having emotions that feel very vulnerable and not, um, maybe safe, like cleaning is one thing, but I think another thing that I've just discovered is I have to say that out loud to somebody. Like, really, if I'm going to be in public, like, I can stay in my house forever, you know, and just, like, chew on the drywall, but if I'm going to be out in public, I have to go find someone and say, I need you to know this thing, because if someone just asks me, like, how are you doing, and I'm not okay, and I try to lie, that's when I'm going to fall apart. But if I say, not good, Bob, it's not good, you know, <laughs> I'm much more likely to be able to contain the, to contain the crazy, so. How about you, Emily? Uh, I don't know what answer I want to give. I mean, I've been in therapy for two and a half years now, so obviously that's helpful um, for any number on the Enneagram. But um, I, I can kind of feel now, like, since being in therapy and since regaining a handle on my mental health these past couple of years, I can definitely feel when there's something, like, brewing emotionally inside of me. Or, like, and sometimes I don't even know what it is until it comes out out so sometimes I need to like talk it out with someone kind of like what Katie was saying 
because I don't even like know what's happening in there until I start talking about it. Or um, I used to journal a lot. Like I don't, I haven't done it as much, and I want to get back into that because I think that was really helpful for me. Because like not only just for working through emotional stuff, but also um, it's kind of like a keeping track of what I've accomplished and like what I've learned and like it's kind of like in my mind it's like irrevocable proof that I've like done something with my life which is something that has been a struggle for me as a five. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think that's been helpful too with Enneagram was kind of like reestablish just like yeah I am that like because it's really confusing when you're chronically mentally ill to, and like not because you're you're not feeling like yourself but you don't know why and so you start to think that maybe this is who I am you know like maybe I am just like a very sad person <laughs> you know and that's my personality um, and it can also cause you to like misread yourself or like mistype yourself on these tests and I also, you know, wanted to to be able to let people know, you know, if you struggle with this, you're not alone. You know, you have there are other people in the world that also. Um, so it's kind of like connecting people together without connecting people together, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, because it, it can feel so isolating when you don't know what's going on with you and that you mm -hmm. don't necessarily have the language around it, and then to know not only is there language, there's also other people who are speaking the same language, and you're like, ah. I wish more what? of the older congregation members would do it. I really do. Like, I'm just, mm -hmm. like, knowing them, yeah. like, it would be so interesting yeah. to see yeah. what types they are, and, you know, and if that, like, resonates with them. I also, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I also kind of think sometimes the Enneagram, and I feel like it's interesting now that I'm talking more with like the older people, the older generation, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm almost a little bit more sensitive to mm -hmm. them just because mm -hmm. a lot of times when I bring up maybe something that's not so good about their personality, they're like, uh -huh. oh, but I think I see that in like a good way. Or, you know, they kind of defend themselves in a little uh -huh. bit. So I, it's kind of like a sensitive thing. It's not just like, oh, yeah. what, or do you relate with a lion or a dog? You know, it's not that simple. It's pretty, you know, deep into, you know, that kind of self-discovery um, and awareness. So, so but, and yeah. I mean, you're compiling and creating this project for them to view, and that's kind of a safer place to be on the sidelines when you're encountering something new. So you could definitely be like, maybe you'll get more, you know, traction and more conversation as your episodes come out, um, mm -hmm. and as you know, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. And sometimes we can be so much braver when someone goes first. I have an interesting job for sure, and there's yeah. just so much opportunity and creativity to do stuff um, mm. that this was just kind of you know something that I wanted to do to to bring something that I think is really awesome and really can help people yeah but yeah thanks for having me on guys yeah, I feel like this, this is so like great. an official thing this was and fun 
Cool well, stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, and uh, yeah. yeah, if there's, and I'll probably let you guys know, obviously, when my project comes out, so you can check it out. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you, Laura Lee. Yes, we'll thank play. you. Have a Bye. great day, guys. Thank you for joining us for our conversation with Laura Lee. And now we move to our parting gift for today, a poem by Audre Lorde called A Litany for Survival. For those of us who live at the shoreline, standing upon the constant edges of decision, crucial and alone, for those of us who cannot indulge the passing dreams of choice, who love in doorways coming and going, in the hours between dawns, looking inward and outward, at once before and after, seeking a now that can breed futures like bread in our children's mouths so their dreams will not reflect the death of ours. For those of us who were imprinted with fear, like a faint line in the center of our foreheads, learning to be afraid with our mother's milk, for by this weapon, this illusion of some safety to be found, the heavy-footed hoped to silence us. For all of us, this instant and this triumph, we were never meant to survive. And when the sun rises, we are afraid it might not remain. When the sun sets, we are afraid it might not rise in the morning. When our stomachs are full, we are afraid of indigestion. When our stomachs are empty, we are afraid we will never eat again. When we are loved, we are afraid love will vanish. When we are alone, we are afraid love will never return. And when we speak, we are afraid our, world, our words would not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak, remembering we were never meant to survive. <laughs>